0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Walker Kessler is leaving the Auburn basketball program and going to the NBA draft. Huge loss, would have been great for him to come back. I think it's better for the Auburn basketball program moving forward. I'll tell you why on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I
0: actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome
1: on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. The news finally hit Walker Kessler is entering the NBA draft. Also, we will talk about some Auburn football news that happened over the weekend and Auburn baseball, huge, huge series win as Lindsey Crosby joins me later in the show. In fact, we recorded it. And then as soon as we got done recording, Walker Kessler was like, yep, I'm going to the NBA draft, which the announcement to me isn't that surprising The part of it of him hiring an agent. So, you know, once again, I I feel like we have to do this every year. You can enter the draft for the NBA. As long as you don't hire an agent, you can pull your name out of the draft. And I thought that's what he was going to do regardless. But it's done. Walker Kessler is done. He will not be returning to, to Auburn. And so what does that mean moving forward? Well, for one... Auburn got a transfer from North Carolina in Walker Kessler that helped them win an SEC regular season championship, helped them have one of the best defensive seasons in Auburn basketball history. I think you could make the argument that it is the best defensive season in Auburn basketball history. He was the Naismith defensive player of the year. That was announced over the weekend. A lot of really, really good things. But with all that being said, and obviously it would be great to get that back from a program standpoint, it could be better moving forward. And what I mean by that is now Bruce Pearl can go to any transfer that he is interested in and say, Hey, I had somebody transfer here. who was one of the you know, most coveted transfers in the portal a season ago. And he came to Auburn and he left a first round pick a year later. I mean, think about how powerful that is. That's a pretty big deal. That's pretty crazy that that Auburn is able to have that sales pitch. Oh, and also Jabari Smith being a part of it as well. So I, I think that's part of it. And when you look at this reload, Auburn, it, it's great that they're on defense, but you know they just need somebody that can stretch the floor more. And obviously, you know, that, that's going to be part of what Traore is going to bring. But I think they're going to look at everybody that's 6'8 and above – and give them the sales pitch of why they need to come to Auburn and be physical around the basket. And so, you know, maybe it allows you to get two or three of those guys down low, and you can kind of have more of a rotation there. Because, look, I mean, it, it was great having Kessler, but when he was out of the game, it's almost like Auburn relied too much on him. And, you know, the the two battles against Florida, uh, I, I think we saw it against Miami in the second round where Auburn's season came to an end in the NCAA tournament. When Kessler wasn't on the floor, uh, it it fell apart. And so is that a way to build a program, you know, around one player? And and I don't know if it necessarily is. And so that to me is I think it's going to help the Tigers moving forward from a program building standpoint because of the sales pitch and because of, you know, a a different style of play with what Bruce Pearl is going to try to do next season. The bummer of it is if he would have come back he could have played the five, and Traore could have played the four, and you're not going to see that anymore. I think Traore is probably going to be the five. I think he wants to play the four, but you know there's tons of dudes that, that Auburn is reaching out to in the transfer portal. You're seeing all these reports come out about how, okay, you know they'll list 20 schools, and Auburn's on all of them. I mean, Auburn is hitting up every dude that is talented in the transfer portal, as they should, as they absolutely should. And Bruce Pearl should read off the name Walker Kessler first, and then Zeb Jasper, then Wendell Green, then Katie Johnson, and say, hey, you can transfer here and play right away and make an impact and possibly win a championship. Like, that's a big, big deal. And so I think that's something that Auburn folks will be able to hold on to moving forward. So just wanted to spend a few minutes on that before jumping into the show. Like I said, Lindsey and I already recorded a show, and so we're going to cut into that conversation and in the second segment, we talk Auburn basketball. What can they do to get back to the Final Four? And I mentioned that I assume that Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith will not be back. And so, just know that's why I say that. Obviously, Walker Kessler is gone now. So, just know that moving forward. But yeah, here's Locked On Auburn. It's a Monday, so we're joined by Lindsey Crosby, writer at AuburnDaily.com, and host of Locked On MLB Prospects. And Lindsay, what an eventful weekend across all three major sports. Heck, four if we count gymnastics. Great weekend for them moving on as well. But where, where I want to start first, we got to start with football because this is primarily a football podcast, Lindsay. But Auburn offering walk-on running back, or I guess I should say former walk-on running back, giving him a scholarship. And I thought this was a pretty cool thing for for several different reasons, Lindsay. The first of which is... The obvious one, rewarding a player that has been working hard. And and I have seen in several YouTube comments throughout covering spring practice, folks asking, why aren't you guys talking about him? He's massive. He is very powerful and explosive and looks good wearing a number 44 jersey. And all of those things are true. I still don't think this really necessarily means anything as far as production on the field in 2022. But it's always fun when walk-ons get scholarships. It's always a fun thing. The team rallies around them. Obviously, the families are impacted. And players get rewarded, and you got to love that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he played in four games last year, 10 carries for 38 yards. So it's not like he's an integral part of the offense and finally getting rewarded. But it's a guy, like you said, that is doing the work, Is is – Having a leadership role on this team, like whether you want to admit that or not, a right. guy who is being so visible to the coaching staff that they're like, we deserve to get this kid scholarship, is in some way a leader. Uh, he's also a a massive human being for a running back. Some could call him a unit. Sure,
1: sure. Five nine, five nine two thirty. Uh,
0: but no, this is this is one of those things we know Harson loves uh, walk-ons. He loves the idea of the the kid that comes in keeps his head down, works hard, puts in, you know, the extra time and gets rewarded. And my wife, my wife's feedback on this whole thing is that Auburn football posted a lovely video of the chat between Sean and his mother with coach Harson telling her, Hey, I got a scholarship. My wife said, why don't we have a video of Sean finding out he's on scholarship? because mm-hmm. that is the best type of YouTube video to watch other than Locked On Auburn.
1: Uh, sure, I'm cool with that, and Locked On MLB Prospects. You know, I, I'm with you mm-hmm. on that, and normally that's kind of the part of it. This was something a little bit different. Here's why I loved the video, okay. and I, I don't want to take away from Sean Jackson. I really don't, but I don't think the video was about him. I, I, I don't. Uh, I think it was about Brian Harson. and we've talked about this time and time and time and time and time, and I'm going to keep going forever. Again... All of the, this whole offseason, the the marketing and the branding for Auburn football, and so far, man, they have killed it. They've knocked it out of the park. Is we have to make Brian Harson look like a likable human. I think he is. I think he's been a likable person this whole time. I just think they've been hiding it, and they're no longer hiding it anymore. And so just the optics of him standing behind him as they tell Sean Jackson's mother that he received a scholarship, I think it looks fantastic. I think it looks great. And the the interaction between Sean's mother and Coach Harson, I think is very touching. It seems very sincere, and I believe it is sincere. And with all the reports, whether they're true or not, I don't know. That's not really the speculation. Perception is reality at this point. Where Harson's not interacting with these players' parents, boy, they hit the nail on the head with that video. I mean, holy cow. Whoever was standing in that spot filming it. And then the social team grabbing that video and putting it up. Seriously. Well done. Well done. I think they knocked it out of the park.
0: I think it's safe to say that Brian Harson knows Sean Jackson's mother's name. Uh, I think so. I mean, he's probably heard the song about her. He knows all of that stuff. And, and. Okay. I I had to give you a second there. Yeah. I mean, he, it's. (laughs) this is one of those things that is it, they're humanizing Brian Harson. Yes. It's good. We need it. it. They're doing it in a way that is acknowledging every single complaint about Brian Harson. because the yeah. complaint was that he was all business. The complaint was that he was cold. He didn't interact with the players families. Uh, and that, that like you, you know, that only certain people were getting attention from the coaching staff and it's like, This dude was a walk-on, right? And Harson's talking to his mama, about like acknowledging, you know, laughing, having fun, talking about how good of a kid her son is and how much work he like he's put in, right? Crushing it, yeah. This is and I
1: checked every box, Lindsay. It checked all all of the boxes.
0: And, and something, and not very many people have said this, but I have seen this around Auburn's, you know, the Twitter and Discord and all that stuff. Okay. Is some people are talking about like Auburn's situation has gotten so bad that we're having to give um, a walk on a scholarship. And I want to point out it's ridiculous. Every single team does this every single spring and summer. There is right. always, uh, an, you know, an extra spot or two where a team is rewarding a walk-on or a set of walk-ons with scholarship. Those are the best videos. There's compilations out there of just multiple teams with all these different creative ways to do it. The fact that Auburn gave a walk-on a scholarship is of zero concern when it comes to roster management or recruiting. Now, if it was 15 scholarships, that'd be a different story. But one guy getting a scholarship, zero reason to worry, every reason to think, okay, they are very aware of all of the complaints and, like you said, the perception behind Brian Harson and they are fixing those things, and they're killing it. I think so.
1: I think so. Now, to those folks' credit, I would not be shocked if it happens more at Auburn as far as him giving scholarships to walk-ons. That would not surprise me. I mean, right now, Auburn's got a bunch of scholarships to go. Like, they've got plenty floating around. And like there's I don't think there's any way they're getting to eighty five.
0: No, And we know that Brian Harson is big on walk-ons. We know he loves the walk- on program. One yeah. of the things he talked about when he first got hired was, you know, rebuilding the whole thing with the local high schools. you know, and and so I expect to see a lot of those situations where, they are bringing in walk-ons, you know, kids are going to preferred walk-on spots, that kind of stuff, and then those are the kids getting scholarships. You'll see more of this. It's a Harson thing, but the fact that it happened is not a problem.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's something that you saw a bunch of, like, when there wasn't much Auburn-related Brian Harson content out there, and— you know, I was watching a lot of Brian Harson pressers, and then, you know, the next recommended video on YouTube would be him giving out scholarships and talking about, you know, that. So, um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But congratulations to Sean. I think that's, uh, that's exciting. Congratulations to him and his family. And the video was fun, but no disrespect to him. I don't think it was about him. I think they did that for Harson, And I, I, it may have been the right move. Uh, all right. We all watched the Final Four over the weekend. And we were all thinking one thing. Let's talk about that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to tell you about Stat Hero and Stat Hero made watching uh, this weekend's Final Four even more fun. In fact, I don't want to brag, but I won $60 um, just putting down 10 bucks at StatHero.com. Um, they uh, they had their team. And, uh, man, Brady Manick made me a lot of money. So, all right, $60. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, stat hero is awesome. It it really sets it up to where you have a great oppor- uh, opportunity to win if you kind of are able to look at stats and understand what's going on there. And you know, it, it's daily fantasy as it's meant to be. And they've got a bunch of different ways that you can play. So check out stathero.com/slash locked on and use promo code lockdown. And you can get a 100% deposit match. That is stathero.com slash locked Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. stathero.com slash locked promo code locked on. I also want to tell you about our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. They can bring you anything. You get home from a long day, they've got you. If you're stuck in the office all day and you don't want to leave or you don't have time to leave, they've got you. Fetchmedelivery.com is how you can place your order for in the Auburn, Opelika, or Lee County area. Or if you want to check out, uh, you know, alcohol delivered to your house, FetchMeAlcohol.com. They are the first folks throughout East Alabama to be doing all of this. And uh, be sure to check all of them out at FetchMeAlcohol.com. Also, their app is free. Just search Fetch Me in your phone's app store. Lindsay, watching Duke UNC... Over the weekend was a blast. And then watching the last 10 minutes of Kansas-Villanova was a blast. I kind of thought they were going to do something there for a second. But the whole time I'm watching it and watching pregame and halftime show and just the build up, you know, everyone who cares about college sports is watching the Final Four, and it's like, man, how, how does Auburn get back to that? Because I think we were all thinking about the run that Auburn made a few years ago, led by Jared Harper and Bryce Brown and Chumo Kiki. How does Auburn get back to that? I kind of wrote an opinion piece on, uh, on auburndaily.com about this, Lindsay, but, you know, it, it's fun, but every time I see a Final Four now moving forward and I watch that, it's going to be like, man, I want that feeling again. I want that feeling of watching and covering Auburn in this kind of run and just kind of being, you know, the, you know, the, the main topic of conversation. Uh, for everybody that cares about college basketball. But that is um, that was, has not been the case. So my question is, how can Auburn basketball get back to the Final Four? And I think what was so fun about this season, about 2022, is, and I've said this before, the success that Auburn found, I don't think it was fluky. I think everything that they've done uh, is sustainable at this point. They've built it to where it's sustainable, where top transfers are interested in Auburn, where lottery talent... High school kids are interested in Auburn thanks to Jabari, and now obviously uh, Yoan. I mean, it's going to be a fun run, I think, over the next few years. You just have to find a way to combine veteran talent. That's like okay, these guys are really good college basketball players, but they're not quite enough, you know, quite good enough for the NBA. And then your lottery dudes, and that's really what the you know these four teams that played this weekend look like it's a great combination of young just natural ability and veteran experienced leadership and Auburn didn't really have the latter of that this year next year I mean Zepp was the only senior and so next year they're going to be significantly older yeah you're probably going to lose your two key guys that's unofficial I know but we're probably going to lose those two guys but with a guy like Traore coming in and with all of these guards being one year older and Jalen Williams and, you know, just the collection of, you know, talent that Bruce Pearl has kind of accumulated over the last few seasons. I think Auburn's in a great spot to get back there. And I'm not saying maybe in 2020, you know, three years, but I think somewhere in the next five years, Auburn gets back there. And I think that's something we should hope and strive for. And I, and I, I can't be the only person that thought this over the weekend.
0: So my bold prediction is Bruce has an eight year contract. Um, we probably make two of them. Um, okay. That's my bold prediction. I like and that. I've said this now. I feel like I've said this on this show a dozen times. Okay. But isn't it amazing how we've gotten to the point where we're legitimately discussing Final Four appearances when if you look at what the program was when Bruce Pearl was hired? like just how far auburn has come in basketball since then it's ridiculous it's crazy i feel like i said i said this this every time we have a, a future of auburn basketball discussion um so i think what this season showed for us is that bruce pearl understands how to evaluate talent both high school talent both college talent that's available via transfer portal. Sure, And he, and he understands, you so he understands how to evaluate it correctly. He understands how to attract them and get them on campus and then to integrate them quickly into a unit. Uh, and an absolute none of those, unit. absolute unit, absolute SEC championship unit. There you go. And none of those, none of those things feel like they're going to go away just because a Jabari Smith goes pro or just because a Walker Kessler may go pro right uh those are all inherent traits in Bruce Pearl and this system Uh, so that's why to me it feels sustainable and I like I'm not gonna lie uh Saturday night I did not expect to be free like we were planning my my daughter's birthday she turned seven and we were talking about it months ago and I'm like well that weekend's gonna be the final four and I mean, it just was like a, it was a natural thought. Like I just, uh-huh. I, like, we just, we just have to be aware that we may have to move things around because we may be playing basketball. That
1: sure. Time. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, and, and for me, the <laughs> biggest thing is thinking about that other team.
1: How did your daughter take that? By the way,
0: she doesn't, she's not, she didn't comprehend all of that. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Okay. She understands every weekend daddy's going to be doing sports stuff because under the baseball and the, I mean, she she, okay. she yeah. did. Sure, do. sure. I get it. I mean, it just was what time did we have the, the, the party? It's fine. Um, lunch or dinner? Like, that's the big question. Okay. Yeah. talk about Lunch, anyway, right. Um, yeah. And so like, it's it's something where we did it and you can see like, there's significant differences in the team that went and then this team. But we've seen Bruce be successful adapting his system to whatever talent he has. And so all of that makes me think this is – we can do this again. We absolutely can do this again. And I think, again, my hot take is that we're going to do this twice in the next eight years of Bruce Pearl's contract yeah. if he works the full eight. If you know, uh, Not that we would let him go, but he may choose to retire and become the athletic director. I don't know. That would be awesome. Um, yes. Bruce Pearl for AD. That's happening. Yeah, yeah it's going to happen. Right. So that's, that's my thing is Auburn is going to do it because this is a, it it is the talent of Bruce Pearl, the charisma, the recruiting talent of Bruce Pearl, the, the evaluation of Bruce Pearl, uh, and the team that he has assembled both on the court and in the coaching staff with, whether it's his son, whether it's Chad Pruitt, a lot of these guys around the program that help him make this stuff happen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Now, I will surrender this. Watching the final four teams this weekend and then thinking about how Auburn was playing the last, I'll even say two months of the season. Uh, Big gap. Big gap as far as ball movement especially. And so we'll see what that looks like as they prep for next season. So we'll see. We will see what happens. All right. Auburn baseball picked up a huge win on the road in Baton Rouge against LSU. Auburn really just owned LSU this weekend and, and everything. Stole Treori, whooped them in baseball in the box. We'll talk about that in more in just a moment. But I want to tell you about our friends at betonline.net. They are your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters, Championships Odds, Podcasts and reviews for all different leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So head over to Bet Online where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. in Baton Rouge tell folks where they can find you hear you read you love you support you all that good stuff
0: so I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball my show Locked on the Movie Prospects is on Twitter at Locked on Farm yes. you can find the show wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube yes uh, big week for the show obviously MLB's opening day is on Thursday so a lot of stuff coming up this week you can also check out the Auburn baseball coverage at auburndaily.com uh, I tweet out links to the articles I appear on the live show to preview matchups, all of that. And then uh, the merch is at aushirts.com. There
1: we go. There we go. All right. Huge series win. First first series win in LSU, 11 years? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Auburn
0: got a lot of LSU monkeys off their back this athletic season, between football, between baseball, uh, you know, I mean, even basketball. Just
1: Stealing future lottery picks, I mean big yeah. big year for Auburn over LSU.
0: Yeah, and the thing about this weekend is these games were closely contested and they were two two of the three of them were very dramatic at the end. Auburn wins 6 to 5 on 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 Thursday, so game yeah. 1. They win 6 to 4 on Saturday's game 3. They lose 9 to 2 on Friday's game 2 and one I love a Thursday through Saturday series. I know the whole Friday night in the SEC thing, but like, I love a good Thursday through Saturday. I
1: like it too. Yep.
0: We've got a couple more of these coming up and I'm, I'm a fan of the Thursday through Saturday. Obviously you can't have them all day that way, but I like this. But the thing, the big thing for me, the big takeaway, and I wrote all about the series at Auburn daily.com. That's up yes. now. So go check that out. But the big thing for me is in every game, just about Auburn was placed into a couple different situations where, Last year's team, you saw that was kind of the moment where the game slipped away, and they were faced with an opportunity to lose that game, whether it was they were down on offense and they had to rally, whether it was they had a lead and runners got on and were going to the bullpen, and just about every time, Auburn answered the call, and and, and uh, Butch even talked about that after the game. He's like, you know, we built some confidence. We absolutely gained something from this because— it was a tough stretch, and the guys battled and won a series on the road, which is not easy to do.
1: Right. Right. Who stood out to you throughout this? Let's start with the pitching staff before you just blurt out Sonny Deshara. Let, let's talk about the pitching staff okay. for a second first. Um, who who impressed you?
0: So I talk about him a lot on the show, but um, Joseph Gonzalez. Him yeah, and Blake Perkhalter sure. were the two guys that stood out to me. So Joseph Gonzalez... Misses two weekend series because uh, of the, the, the whole blister on his throwing hand thing. Right. Makes his first start in three weekends and seven and two thirds innings. Doesn't what I love is you can tell that a sinker baller's uh, stuff is working when it takes him a while to get that first strikeout. His first strikeout comes after five and a third innings because he's just getting ground out after ground out after ground out. Um, so he held he held LSU to three runs. It was the second longest outing of his career. Um, but just an absolute um masterclass for him as far as uh, ball location, as far as placement. And and really that that's that's the best that we've seen him look this entire season. I'm not gonna say we should pull everybody out of the rotation for two weeks, but that's something where where when his sinker is on. Uh, it becomes very, very difficult to get multiple runs yeah. out of him in an inning. And it all comes down to the defense. Uh, you know, and provided you can position correctly, we saw Auburn shift more than they usually do. Uh, provided you can position correctly, you can you can steal a lot of outs against a good hitting team, especially a team with a lot of power like LSU has. Uh, and, and then the other guy was was Blake Burkhalter.
1: I was Got about to ask you teams. about him.
0: Yeah, he was the other one, both Thursday and Saturday. Uh, Both of them were at least two innings. He actually leads the SEC in saves by two. Love that. Um, Yeah, he got a win or a save in nine of his 12 appearances on the year. But no, throws four and a third innings, gives up a total of three hits, five strikeouts. And just the man has a ton of fastballs. He threw a four-seam fastball. He threw a two-seam fastball. He threw a cutter. He threw a splitter. Just tons of fastballs and really kind of flummoxed and then showed a lot of, um, confidence and, and, and just ability to throw two plus innings on Thursday and come back out and do it again on Saturday, especially coming in a game, uh, where there were runners on and, and inheriting that situation and not letting them score.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he was fun to watch, man. He's, um, yeah, I mean he he stood out to me for sure. All right, let's talk offense. Sunny Deshar. I mean, how good of a season is he having right now? Oh, the
0: thick kink. Listen, holy listen.
1: crap, man! I mean, that guy just he makes it look so stinking easy. It, it looks like he barely hits it on, on that home run, and it just it never landed. Like I mean, it was it was a thing I'm of beauty
0: if yeah. they actually so the analytics people at LSU and credit to them because they didn't have to do this they pulled all of the the stuff on the on the home run and if the batter's eye was not there that would have been the longest home run at Alex Box Stadium Really if it wasn't for the fact that it hit the batter's eye yes Wow so no just i mean he is if he is leading the country in on base percentage he is uh, top, uh, not, not kidding. I know. He is top. Yeah, he is. He is top five in slugging um, and average. He went 500 last week. He played in three games plus the midweek and he went 500. So seven of 14 and he was walked six times. That's crazy. Last week. Um, it's just, I mean, in the game three, obviously the one where it mattered, the only game where they really pitched to him. Mm Because LSU made a concerted effort to pitch around him, he got intentionally walked multiple times over the weekend. Or he'd get up there and he'd walk on five pitches and none of them were particularly close. Right. Um, Game three, four hits, a double, home run, three RBIs. So he did really well. I do have to give some credit to leadoff hitter Blake. Blake Blake Real quick,
1: before we move away from uh, Sonny, uh, I'm going to ask you to put on your MLB prospects host hat. On where I mean, is he? He has to be getting more and more attractive to MLB clubs. He has to be, right? I mean, he's doing it in the conference.
0: Yeah, so, and that was kind of the question, was he had done it at a lower level, he had done it against non-con competition, yeah. he's doing it now in conference. A little bit more strikeouts in conference, but um, he's somebody, he's going to grade positively both his hit tool and his power tool. Uh, defense, he's going to be considered average to above average. We haven't seen enough of his arm to really say anything. Uh, he's probably, he's, he's going to get downgraded on his speed. But, If you can have at least two above average or better tools, and both his hit tool and his power tool are above average, um, if not plus, then you're at the point where you have, you know, an MLB organization will pick you up. Now, where in the draft that happens, I'm not quite sure as of yet. Uh, And I do think his future when it comes to MLB is helped by them having a universal DH, but it is really going to be contingent on defensively can he show enough to play? At a, the you know, in the minors and majors at first versus being stuck only as a DH, but he is getting more attention. Uh, I do expect to see him. Some mock drafts usually start coming out right around you know mid April or so, and I expect to see him in some deeper mock drafts.
1: Yep, yep, and you'll have all those mocks, I'm sure, at uh the MLB Prospects. I'm sure you'll talk about a lot of them. All right, uh, you're, you're about to go to Blake Rambush, is that right?
0: Yes, Blake Rambush unfortunately had his hitting streak broken uh on Saturday's game three, but seventeen games uh was was the hitting streak, the longest by an Auburn player in the last six years. Um he had he has fifteen multi hit games this season, including um what was it? It was he who, had who, nine in that sixteen games.
1: Who's who did he break in the last six seasons? Jonathan? Yes. Gotcha.
0: Pro Jonah Todd. Uh, But he had reached base in 26 straight games. And if you go back to his previous uh, school, Grayson College, he has reached 85 in the last 86. The man does
1: nothing but get on base. Blake Rambush will get on base. Yeah. That's exciting. So, moving forward, obviously this weekend, Vanderbilt comes to town. And that's, I mean, essentially you're playing a, a double or triple A team. I mean it's just loaded with uh with future um MLB guys. So what uh what does Auburn need to do to uh to win two out of three in this one?
0: Okay. So kind of like they did at LSU, what Auburn needs is they need the starting pitching like they did on Friday and on I'm sorry on, on Thursday and Saturday. They need the starting pitching to keep them in it. But the difference is they also need the starting pitching to go deep enough where they don't have to use four guys out of the bullpen. Uh, Skipper and Burke Halter were the only guys they called on on Thursday. Uh, They didn't, you know, they used them again on Saturday. Friday, when they did not have those guys available, that's where they struggled. And it's because on Thursday, you had to cover five innings with those two guys. So if your starting pitchers can give you the same quality start, keep giving us quality starts, but just instead of coming out in the fourth or coming out in the fifth, come out in the sixth, get us to the sixth inning, maybe even the seventh. And that's going to give us the ability. If you can do that with a quality start, which is three runs or less, Auburn has a chance to go. Um, the thing with this Auburn offense, and I'm still trying to, I'm still waiting to see is they don't have a ton of power threats outside of sunny. So Auburn has to rely on streaming together hits and playing station to station. Right. And I don't know how that's going to go against Vanderbilt's team. Um, they're a lot better defense than LSU was. And so the, the game plan against LSU was put the ball in play, make them make a play on a ball, which they could not do repeatedly over the weekend. Vanderbilt fundamentally is a lot better on defense. And so can Auburn's strategy of put the ball in play, make them make a play, is that going to hold up against Vanderbilt? That's going to be the deciding factor of the series.
1: It's going to be a huge weekend with that and obviously A-Day, and we're going to start jumping in and previewing A-Day in depth really starting tomorrow on a a Charlie Tuesday. So, Lindsey, one more time, how can people uh, find everything you got going on?
0: I am on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show's on Twitter at Farm. You can check out the writing at AuburnDaily.com and the merch at AUShirts.com.
1: That's another one in the books, folks. You can follow me on Twitter at zblackerby. Once again, check everything out at auburndaily.com. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this
0: Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.